true acceptance comes from unconditional self-love. That is the ultimate gift that we can give to ourselves and other people, and that can often be so hard to do. Welcome back to the Clarity Cafe, our safe space to get some clarity on life. In our last episode, we talked about leaving your baggage at the door. Of course, we were talking about emotional baggage because life is far more fun and quite a bit lighter when we're not carrying heavy emotional baggage with us everywhere we go. In this episode, we're exploring the gift that acceptance can bring to our lives, starting with self-love. That's the mechanism we can use to release much of our internalized judgment we may have about ourselves or the people, places, and things around us. We want to learn to accept ourselves and the things around us as they are, but from a young age, we're taught judgment through language. In the beginning, we learn, that's a dog, that's a cat. Then we learn, good dog, bad cat. And this sort of fundamental language and thought development continues and progresses and gets more and more complex. And often we can walk around our day without even realizing that we're in judgment of so many things around us. It's kind of funny to think about how we get to self-acceptance by focusing on judgment because it's the antithesis of acceptance. But to unravel this concept, we get into acceptance by opening the door through self-love. Before we can begin to open that door, we need to dismantle all of the mental gymnastics we do with judgment. So let's get started. Barb, walk us through acceptance. Mm, Such a juicy topic. Um, I think it was the great uh, Scottish poet Robert Burns who said, if we to see ourselves as others see us, that would help us avoid lots of blunders and would be an amazing gift. Uh, So, you know, if we think about it from that perspective, acceptance is really being able to see yourself truly as you are. And that's the opposite of being in resistance or judgment of who you are. And so when we are in that place of resistance to who we really are, it becomes very difficult for us to change. There's also that um, saying that what you resist persists. So if you're sort of fighting with who you are and with accepting who you are, it becomes much harder for you to make those little adjustments that can help you become a more joyful, happy person. You know, when we look at the judgment of ourselves, we're looking at a pattern that we create that avoids us seeing that reality. And that acceptance and denial results in a series of habits that create this shame pattern, which also makes it more difficult to change. So now we're in this loop. Not only do we have the ability to try to change the things we want to change, but it becomes harder and harder and it gets heavier as we're dragging around this baggage of guilt and shame and denial. Let's take a breath and let go of all of those ideas (sighs) and just come back to the idea that it's okay to accept ourselves and still have things that we want to change or improve upon. The difference is what Callie was just mentioning, self-love versus being in judgment. Because once you truly see yourself as you are, then you can learn to love all those parts of yourself. They're all part of the magic and the brew that makes you who you are today. And even if it's something that happened in the past that wasn't pleasant at the time, there's a good thing that came out of it. It made you stronger. It made you understand something. You learn things. You learn that it's dangerous to touch a hot stove the first time you burn your finger on it and you don't do it again. And 
you know, if you were in denial of that, you would continually burn your fingers. So if you think about our sort of negative thought patterns and judgments we have of ourselves and others um, in that state of not acceptance, then we're going to just continue that same pattern. So true acceptance comes from unconditional self-love. And that is the ultimate gift that we can give to ourselves and other people. And that can often be so hard to do. We're always hardest on ourselves. Um, So we talked about in several other podcasts, what is our internal dialogue? What are the conversations we're having in our head? And so, for instance, you know, we may have a negative dialogue about our appearance or, you know, our personal habits. You know, we don't like what our hair looks like today or, you know, we feel like we didn't work out long enough. Whatever judgment pattern we're creating, we continue to create that negative feedback loop. But what if you could transform that dialogue into something that was self-nourishing and loving? Transformation. That is the name of the game right there. Because in many ways, this is another way to begin to relate to ourselves in a different way, which requires slowing down and really being mindful of what's flowing through our head without taking any of it too seriously. So we're not going to get out of judgment by adding more judgment. (laughs) So we're going to encourage, I like that deep breath that you took earlier, Barb. It's like, "Ah, deep breath, slow down, and let's transform our internal self-talk and begin to feel that relief of a lighter mindset. Because like 90% of our thoughts are pre-programmed. They're thoughts we've picked up from somewhere along our life journey. And often the original thought wasn't even ours. Like, for example, the definition of beauty and success being created by the media and constantly being drilled into our heads. The relief comes when we begin to realize that we have the power to rewrite the internal dialogue of our mind and remove the confines that we've been living in. If we get caught in the pattern of always judging and then desiring things to be different than they are, we're truly not living in the present moment. We're guilt tripping in the past or future tripping on how things will never be what they want them to be. And if we can give ourselves a little room to begin to process the judgments, let them go and begin to look around at our lives and ultimately ourselves with neutrality then we can begin to have the space and freedom to change. Mm. So let's let's talk a little bit more about this mental shift that is really important to be able to start making those changes. Like take an example, something we do every day before we leave the house usually is uh, how do you feel when you look in the mirror? Do you say something like, oh, I look like hell today. I guess I'm just going to go to work looking like this. I hope nobody notices. Versus... What if you looked in the mirror and said, hey, gorgeous, you look a little tired. That's understandable because you were kicking ass on that project until really late last night. What can we do to try to get a little more sleep tonight? What would be a way to nourish that and give yourself that gift of rest and self-care? And the gift in this small but profound way of talking in your internal dialogue is realizing that this life you're living is your movie and you get to rewrite that internal dialogue. You get to make those script changes every day. 
you're the producer, you're the actor, you're the writer, you have all the roles. So therefore you get to make those choices. And since you get to choose what goes through your mind, you might as well choose a script that helps you see clearly and creates a space from which you can move forward and feel good and be joyful and happy. And if you're new to rewriting your mental script, it can feel generic and not authentic. That's okay. It's a new muscle that you're learning, and it may take some time to make it personal and feel real to you. But with some practice and time, your new loving internal dialogue will begin to feel more authentic. Use your words. Use your thoughts. I know a lot of times you can see memes and things on the internet that'll tell you different ways that you should be talking to yourself, but that kind of can feel like a robot or just super generic. And if you can't relate to what it is that you're saying to yourself, even just a little, then you're really not speaking truth to yourself. And our uh, subconscious is pretty wise to that. So it's important to make sure that we are being authentic, using our own authentic language and voice and relating to ourselves in the way that we would relate to someone else that we cared about. Because the game here is to bring your awareness to what you are thinking, and then practice a more self-accepting conversation as your internal dialogue. When you notice that you have something that runs through your mind and it's not supportive, that is a perfect time to stop and create three positive things to say about yourself. It can be super simple, like, I like the creativity I put into this outfit today, or I did great on that last deliverable, or damn, I just made a killer cup of coffee. By the time you get to your third thing, you likely have disrupted that self-deprecating thought. And now your attention is on all of the good things. Thinking, what if I really did do a crap job on that project? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I'm glad you asked. This is where the rubber meets the road. If you have areas that you'd like to improve, that's fantastic. Psychology tells us that we'll be far better able to grow from a stable, self-loving internal space than from one where we are so beaten down that deep down we no longer even feel like we have the ability to change. I love what you just said, Callie. And I particularly like in your previous thought about, you know, just doing these super simple things that that you can do um, to change that self-dialogue. And even if it feels a little funny in the beginning— if you just do one or two or three of those, it becomes more common and just sort of more natural for you. And I do a lot of this when I'm taking a shower. I'm just like, yeah, boy, I really like how strong my legs are. You know, like whatever those positive things you can say, um, it becomes a habit and you start to build it. And to that end, you know, here are a few tools that might help you uh sort of start to disrupt those mental patterns. Your neuroplasticity of your brain is highest when you're in this very relaxed state, which we're generally in right as we go to sleep and right as we wake up in the morning. And so one of the things that's really simple to do, but can change your day is when you wake up in the morning, just smile, let yourself feel a smile go through your whole body. And then just tell yourself three things you love about yourself. The funny thing about that is that the more you do that, the more things you'll think about because you're starting to give yourself permission to see yourself as you truly are in all the wonderful things about you that other people will tell you, but that you generally don't take time to acknowledge for yourself. And another way to look at this is to say, give yourself a challenge. What if for the next 24 hours, 
you could go that whole time without judging yourself, with only thinking positive things about yourself. Do you think you could do it? It seems like it might be a hard challenge, but I think as you start to go through it, you'll find it very educational. And by the way, even if you mess up and think something negative about yourself, you get to change that in that moment. And if you do that, it still counts. And then to extend that into another 24 hours, could you go that another 24 hours without judging other people? And I don't mean judging them out loud and what you say to people. That's a good exercise, too. But judging them internally, we're talking about starting to change those internal pathways that we've built over the years of judging ourselves and then judging other people based on external factors. And then a third sort of uh, exercise that I think would be interesting to do is what we call a self-inventory, where we just note all the places with no judgment, but just all the places that we judge ourselves in a day. So, you know, if you have a journal or even just make notes on your phone, just write down for a week every time you find yourself judging yourself. And I think a week is long enough to give you a chance to see what kind of patterns are there. Where are you when they happen? You know, are there themes that are continuing throughout that that you can find that are repeating? And then just the observance, we talk a lot about awareness, but having the awareness and observing those things will help give you power over that unconscious thought pattern so that you can begin to alter it. Those are great tools. And um, I just really want to go back to what you said, Barb, about the challenge of not judging yourself or judging others and come back to that conversation of what we mean by neutrality. Because we're not asking not to observe. It's okay to observe, you know, um, how someone is walking down the street. And if you're in judgment, you might be like, man, they're, you know, you know, that person's walking. It's ridiculous. But when we're in observation, we might be like, oh, I noticed something different about that person's gait or how they're walking. They might be in some pain. And then it will elicit compassion or just a little empathy um, for someone, another human having another experience. And so when we're in neutral about things, especially with ourselves and those we love, it allows us the space to just observe neutrally and allow things to just be what they are. And then the key is we get more information from that. I know some people very close to me on days I'm not feeling well they're much more neutral with how they look at me. And I may have dressed up and, and like put the outward appearance on, but people know me well can look into my eyes and go, how you feeling today, hon? I notice you're, you look like you might be hurting today. And it's like, yeah, yeah, I am. And so then I get to feel far more seen um, when people are able to observe me neutrally. And it's a gift that I like to give to other people as well. I don't have to put judgment on whether or not they're feel how they're feeling well or not feeling well or what they did to not feel well. I can just observe and see and be seen, which deepens the relationships we're having with people around us. So for fun on social, share with us what new commitments you can make with yourself to have self-love conversations. We want to hear about it. 
Uh, you can go to claritycafepodcast.com and let us know what these new conversations are and how they've helped you. On our next episode, we're going to be looking at overcoming overwhelm. Even those two words together is a full sentence. And we're going to overcome overwhelm by changing our relationship to anxiety and the mental paralysis that it can bring. By learning to take the anxiety off the table, we can begin to see more clearly the actions we need to take moving forward. Thank you for joining us today in the Clarity Cafe. As always, take the nuggets of information that work for you, leave what doesn't, and if something's really working for you, share it with those you love. And until next time, be well. Be well.